The Rudy Giuliani Show. Well, again, in place of America's mayor today is Andrew Giuliani, and we have a whole lot to talk about today. In our hour, we have a multi-front war in Israel, as we have been following very, very closely. And guess what? Uh, Bernie Sanders has weighed in, as well as uh, AOC, who has expressed her pro-Palestinian bona fides. That really is uh, dumb and dumber, or maybe it's Marx and Marxer, I don't know, but... Steve, Steve Scalise seems to have the support of the majority of the Republican House caucus um, to be the next speaker of the House. But it is pretty narrow still at this point. So I would, while a lot of the media organizations are seem to be saying that Scalise will be the next one, remember, it's a very, very close vote at this point. And uh, there's going to be a whole lot that's going to go on between now and then. So we'll get into a little bit of how the sausage is going to be made. And we'll also talk about higher education and how disgusting it's been over this past week in response to the massacre. And let's also, while we're at it, talk about Black Lives Matter in Chicago, because Black Lives Matter, as we've talked about, to go back to Marx, is a Marxist organization, and they seem to be proving it again with their actions. So we'll talk about that. And we're going to be joined with a person who I believe is the most dynamic elected official in the city of New York, Vicki Palladino. She's going to be calling in. Remember, she was fighting against Drag Queen Story Hour, and because of that, because of a whole, other, a whole bunch of other reasons, the Democratic Socialists of America do not like her too much. Well, guess what? I like her a whole lot. And now she's calling them out for their anti-Semitism, so we'll be talking about that. And RFK, by the way, raised $11 million running as an independent in his first 24 hours. $11 million, that's not too bad from RFK Jr. Let's see if... He ends up being a thorn in Biden's side. And by the way, would he be a thorn in Trump's side or is he more of a thorn in Biden's side? It's a pretty interesting question. We're going to take your calls to at 1-800-848-9222. I want to hear from you. But getting back to the top story, Israel. Yesterday, there was a caller who really was right on point in this, saying that it was a precarious situation. It was a great call. Because he's absolutely right. If you're Israel, you don't want a two or even a three front war to begin, which it appears to be happening. You're seeing this right now with Lebanon as the army has reported paragliders coming in from Lebanon. There's been a response there, rocket fire there. There are also reports of rockets coming in from Syria. So you're now looking at a three-front war when you add that into Gaza. And it's extremely important for Israel to be focused on eliminating Hamas. Now, that's right, eliminating Hamas. Not just responding, but eliminating Hamas and the terrorist organization that is Hamas. That's what they need to be focused on. And I will say this, though. If there is any country that has trained for a multi-front war, it's Israel, right? When you think about Israel, they are surrounded by terrorist organizations and countries that openly celebrate not just the death of Israelites, the death of Jews. That's what their commitment has been. That's what their guiding, their lodestar has been to celebrate the death of Jews, to exterminate Jews off the face of the earth. And really, when we talk about this multi-front war, this is where the United States comes in. This is where Israel's 
ally, number one ally, comes in. Right? We heard Biden say yesterday, Biden said we are going to stand by Israel. We're going to stand behind Israel. We've heard his spokespeople, for the most part, say that. Now, is that just lip service? If it's not just lip service, then Biden or Blinken or whoever is cogent enough over there in D.C. who works for Biden needs to call Iran right now, right now, and say, if Israel is hit from Lebanon, if there's another rocket that comes in from the West Bank, anywhere, guess what, Iran? I'm holding you accountable. Because we know, we know Iran sponsors Hamas and Hezbollah, and they've been cheering on the Hamas massacre that happened on Saturday. They're not taking credit for it, even though we have strong intelligence that shows that Iran was behind this. Anybody that you talk to says that Hamas did not have the capabilities to plan a sophisticated enough attack like this, that it took months and months and months, potentially up to a year even, to plan this attack. And Iran's resources were necessary in doing that. But either way, even if they won't take responsibility for that, we know who is signing the checks, so to speak. They're not signing the checks, but we know who is sending the cash to Hamas and to Hezbollah, which means that Hamas and Hezbollah will listen if Iran says, hey, wait a second, you need to... You can take a step back over here because we are under threat from the United States of America. And the White House should say, for every missile launched at Israel, for every missile that you launch at Israel, we are going to launch a missile in Iran at a strategic site, at an oil field, at a defense building. That's how you end up making this a single front war. Your friends, your allies, the United States of America come in, come in and literally have your back. That's the definition of having your back. Your back, if you're Israel, should be focused right now on Gaza. And your allies should come on in and should fortify on the northern front right there. You're doing the same thing against Syria as well, although Syria already knows that red lines from an Obama-Biden administration mean absolutely nothing. So that's what happens when you don't actually follow through on setting your red lines right there. And by the way, how's the media covering all this? I think I heard this earlier today, maybe from Greg Kelly. But, you know, it's so appalling. Do we have the Andrea Mitchell clip, by the way, still? Do we have that clip? The Andrea Mitchell clip where she was. We're going to get that in a minute. I know Greg Kelly ended up covering it before, but it's so appalling and so disgusting um, let, let me move on before we put Andrea Mitchell on here, because I, I just to me, it's amazing that not that she would have these views, but that you have a mother whose parents were taken away from her. And what does Andrea Mitchell have the gall to say? Do we have her on yet or no? We don't have her on yet. Anyway, Andrea Mitchell had the gall to say, well, do you feel for these people in Gaza? Let's play her now. I'm sure you want them to be with people they know so that they're not alone there. But what are your feelings about the the, the attacks against Gaza right now? Um, how can I the must government... Say, Unbelievable. Uh, look, you, you're looking for, for a symmetrical situation. And I must say, 
It isn't. Um, if you were dealing with a, a war who is between two countries, countries don't take children hostages. I'm sorry. It's against the laws of war. It's against humanity. It's against anything that we all believe in. Every time we had missiles uh, shot at us, I used to say to my children that they should be sympathetic towards the children of Gaza because they suffer a lot more than they do. I'm not sure I still believe in it now. And I must say the only worry I have now from uh, the bombings in Gaza is the fact that my children are there. And I can't be sympathetic anymore. I can't be sympathetic to animal human beings. Well, they're yeah. not really human beings who came into my they're house, animals. broke everything, stole everything, took my children from their bedrooms and took them to the Gaza Strip. Israel never done that and will never do. Yeah, there is. I don't need to add anything. They're animals. That's exactly what they are. And the fact that Andrea Mitchell and so much of the media and so much of the Washington leftist establishment seems to be doing this moral equivalency is it's not shocking at all, actually. But the fact that Mitchell would do it with somebody whose kids were just literally taken to Gaza is actually pretty surprising. You would have thought that maybe she would have done this. But let's not just talk about the media here. What about our buddy Bernie Sanders? What about commie Bernie over here? By the way, I've checked his personal Twitter account. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing talking about Israel. No, no, how terrible this massacre is. No comments at all on his personal Twitter account that has over 15 million people. I guess this wasn't personal enough to him. He's been talking all about United Auto Workers on his personal account, as he is on his Senate account, his official account, as we would say in the White House. But he's not talking about Israel at all here. Um, It's amazing. He did end up releasing something on his personal account. And uh, I'm sorry, on his Senate account. And it was exactly what we had seen, which is calling for a ceasefire, saying that he is appalled by Israel's response in Gaza beyond disgusting, beyond disgusting that Bernie Sanders would actually do that and that there is a large faction on the left that is trying to set this moral equivalency. This is very simple. You have Israel, which, thank goodness, they are far more powerful than Hamas and Hezbollah, because if the power dynamics were in reverse, then Israel would cease to exist. But Israel, what they have done in this response in Gaza against Hamas, it really is a defensive measure because they are trying to prevent more attacks from coming in, more Israelis slaughtered, more Israeli women raped, more kids from being beheaded. That's what they're trying to do. It's beyond absurd. By the way, let's go to the AOC cut because, you know, Bernie Sanders and AOC, they're kind of, they're in bedfellows. Bernie's, Bernie right now is the standard bearer for the Communist Party in America. And AOC is the, you know, she is the, the princess in waiting, if we will. AOC, go ahead. Back there in terms of geopolitics of and the course. war in the is very different than mm. people expressing their First Amendment right to protest. Well, yes, but I also think that 
what people are starting to see, at least in, in the occupation uh, of, of Palestine, is um, just an increasing crisis of humanitarian condition. And that, to me, is just where I tend to come from on this issue. You use the term the occupation of Palestine. Mm. What did oh. you mean by that? Oh, I wonder um, if she means by Hamas terrorists, maybe. I think it, what I meant is no, like the, I don't think the so. settlements I think she meant are that. increasing in, in some of these areas and, and places where, um, where Palestinians are experiencing uh, difficulty in access to uh, their housing and homes. Do you think you can expand on that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'd also just, I, I am not the expert on geopolitics. Pretty on obvious. This issue. You know, for me, I'm a That's firm believer in, uh, in finding a, a two-state solution in this issue. And um, I'm happy to sit down with leaders on both of, this ish- on both of these. Oh. For me, I just so look she's at, not the expert. through a human rights lens. <laughs> and I may not use the right words. <laughs> no, you're definitely not using the right words. But I find this hysterical. She's not the expert, but she's willing to sit next to leaders or with leaders on both sides to try to come to some sort of agreement on all this. Um, I don't think that's going to work, AOC. I don't think that's going to work. Well, listen, when we get back, I want to talk about how education, how disgusting they have been in handling all this. you got the NYU president, the law school president, who just lost her job because she's an anti-Semite. That's it. And we'll talk more about Scalise and the next Speaker of the House. Will it, in fact, be Scalise? The media is already saying it is, but not so fast. we got a long way to go. Come on back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. So I'm looking at this uh, survey here from uh, ZipRecruiter, which is a recruiting.com thing that uh, basically says that 95% of executives and human resources heads say that non-traditional candidates perform just as well as those that have college degrees or advanced degrees. And uh, I found it fascinating. I was reading this this morning. I was going through this survey this morning uh, just saying that people are looking for skills, that HR heads are looking for skills rather than just degrees and diplomas. And this ties into everything that we've seen over the last few years on education here in the United States of America, really the last few decades when you count higher education in America. But think about what has gone on just with the Israel and Hamas massacre and what you're seeing from some of these student organizations. We talked about Harvard yesterday, and I know that Greg Kelly kind of touched a little bit on this in the last hour, but he didn't get into exactly what the head of the NYU Law Association, the law, the student president of NYU Law School, ended up saying to the student body, the rest of the lawyers. By the way, NYU is where my father is a graduate of, summa cum laude graduate of. So this is the message from the NYU Law School president to the rest of the student 
body. Hi, y'all. That's how he starts. Hi, y'all. Not to my, nothing, something as official as to my fellow students on this solemn day or something like that. No. Hi, y'all. This week, I want to express, first and foremost, my unwavering and absolute solidarity with Palestine in their resistance against oppression toward liberalism, uh, sorry, toward liberation and self-determination. Israel bears full responsibility for this tremendous loss of life. This regime of state-sanctioned violence created the conditions that made resistance necessary. I will not condemn Palestine resistance. Instead, and he goes on to, I condemn apartheid, he goes on and on and on. At the end, he says, Palestine will be free. Actually, I said he. This person is non-binary, which is kind of ironic, because if this person lived under in Gaza under Hamas, this person would be executed. This person would not be able to practice whatever sexuality this person ends up practicing, whether it's a he, a she, or whatever other pronoun this person ends up going by i don't know if originally it's a he or she or whatever the heck it is but that's not the point the point is that this is the crap that you're getting in higher education these days well guess what this person probably should not have done that and the absurd anti-semitism because their law firm that they were going to go to after graduating terminated their offer because they ended up getting this. Uh, the firm was Winston and Strawn, and they learned that a former summer associate published certain inflammatory comments regarding Hamas's recent terrorist attack on Israel and distributed it to the NYU Student Bar Association. These, pro- these comments profoundly conflict with Winston and Strawn's f- values as a firm. Accordingly, the firm has rescinded the law student's offer of employment. So, is it any surprise... Is it any surprise that people are not valuing a college degree or maybe even a law degree the way they were? Because guess what? They're being taught crap in these schools. It's time to reform it. Come on back. Vicky Palladino coming up next. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. So we're hearing a whole lot that uh, Steve Scalise seems to be the next speaker of the House. But I got to tell you here, before we... What basically ended up happening today was there was a caucus, a closed door caucus, where Republicans ended up voting 113 to 99 for Scalise, which means that 99 Republicans ended up voting in this caucus against Scalise as the next Speaker of the House. Of course, he needs to get to 218, uh, which means that there were uh, about six or seven Republicans Uh, who did not vote, whether they were not present, whether they just voted present or whatever it was, they didn't. But a colleague of mine from the White House, uh, elected Congressman Max Miller from Ohio, uh, he says that he's going to continue to vote for Jordan on the House floor. Uh, And he said he's not the only one who ends up feeling this way. Um, So I just want people to know here it seems like we have a bit of a process to go with this, and the sausage is going to take a while to get made on this one. Now, look, they, they might have ultimately, the majority of these 99 might have said, hey, look, if we lose on this first vote, then we're going to end up going with Scalise as a House Speaker because we accept him. But you got to remember, Trump ended up endorsing Jim Jordan, released a statement endorsing Jim Jordan for House Speaker. So where does Trump play a role in this? I've heard 
that Jim Jordan, in a private meeting with Scalise, offered to give a nominating speech on his behalf. So that's according to his spokesperson. But uh, we'll see if that ends up moving a number of Republicans from across the political spectrum, um, because uh, this could take a while still at this point. And we'll see where Trump, if Trump plays a role in this, if they end up getting behind him. Do any chance we don't have Vicky yet on the line, so we're going to continue on here and talk a little bit more about how the Biden administration seems to be handling this. I want to play a cut of State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller, who for some reason is blaming the Trump administration for Iran receiving six billion dollars just a couple of weeks ago. Let's play Matt Miller. The reason Iran had this $6 billion in the first place, and this is Iranian money, is because the previous administration, the Trump administration, allowed this money to be paid to Iran and placed into accounts where Iran could use that money for humanitarian purposes. I will also say that Iran has funded terrorism for years and years and years, decades in fact, and we expect that they will continue to do so, which is why even as we allowed them to have access to this humanitarian uh, funding, which was already their money and was already in an account to where they could act, they could spend it, but we're just uh, unable to do so for some kind of technical reasons. Um, we have made clear that we will continue to hold them accountable. This is beyond crazy. I mean, Trump has been out of office for two and a half years, and the world knows that Trump ended up bombing El Soleimani, one of the lead generals in Iran. He put sanction after sanction after sanction in Iran. He ended the sweetheart deal that was the Iran deal. I mean, I just saw today, as a matter of fact, that if you look at Iranian oil experts and you look at 2020 versus 2022, so 2020, obviously, when Trump was still in office, 2022, Biden in office, Iran exported 400,000 barrels of oil for $15 billion of revenue in 2020. Whereas in 2022, they ended up doing 900,000, more than double the amount of barrels of oil for $54 billion, nearly quadruple the amount of money. Now, why is it quadruple the amount of money? Because oil went through the roof because America was not producing oil anymore. Supply and demand. But that's another $40 billion, from $15 billion to $54 billion, that guess what? Iran can spend on whatever the heck they want, including sponsoring Hamas, sponsoring Hezbollah. So stop trying to blame this on Donald Trump. He was the guy who knew exactly what Iran was. And you're going to try to blame him on this guy? Are you kidding me? Are you beyond crazy? There's nobody. There's no president, certainly in my lifetime. I guess Reagan, you could say, was as much. There's nobody. There was a better friend to Israel than Donald Trump. Peace in the Middle East. Remember that? That was a joke before Trump came in. That was a punchline on Saturday Night Live back when they were tolerable. Well, it actually became something that was real, that actually happened through the Abraham Accords. I spoke to Ambassador David Friedman, who was the ambassador, Trump's ambassador to Israel, before we ended up leaving. This was like July or August as the Abraham Accords were coming in. And, and we kind of knew about it privately that these were going to be announced, but the public didn't really know just yet about it, starting to find out about it. And I asked him, Ambassador... How many more countries would sign off on this if you get four more years of Trump? And he said, Andrew, we don't need four more years. He said, I need four more months. He said, I got four more months. We're going to have eight or nine more countries that are going to sign on. And you're going to have legitimate free economic peace here. And because of that, once they get a taste of what 
this economic trade means with Israel as a global partner rather than uh, a an enemy, uh, they're never going to go back to this. And then you're going to start seeing these radicals, these animals, the Hamases, the Hezbollahs of the world being eradic- eradicated because the people in these territories will realize they'll get a taste of actually what free enterprise is and say, I can't believe that we've been living under literally this rock for this long. Well, look, I think we have Vicky Palladino now on the line. I call her the most dynamic elected official in the city of New York. Councilwoman Vicky Palladino, welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Uh, hi, Andrew. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Hey, look, I, I want to get right into this. You know, you released a statement on Saturday condemning the terrorist attacks in Israel by Hamas. Uh, please sum up your thoughts on this terrible tragedy. Uh, my thoughts on this terrible tragedy is that uh, Israel has to act. This is an act of war against us. This is cannibalism. This is absolutely... The, I was furious. First, I was heartbroken because I started to see images. And then I realized what we are up against is something, the same animal we were up against in 9-11, the same animal that uh, bombed the World Trade Center, I believe it was in 93. You know, these people are not going away. Mm -hmm. They are here on this planet for a reason, and that is to destroy any living creature that does not believe in what they believe in, Mm -hmm. you know, Allah. Okay, well, we have a real problem with that. And the fact that this was barbaric uh, is is putting it mildly. The the thought of us having a DSA even in existence Mm -hmm. in the United States of America, knowing what they stand for, this has got to come to an end. And it disturbs me to know that there are so many people in government in our government that are part of this regime. It's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Councilman Palladino, that to me is kind of the amazing thing. And look, you've been very critical of the DSE city council members and their disdain for Israel. Now, when you criticized drag queens performing in for, in front of children for children, you were removed from committees and everyone, it seems like every elected official in New York had a comment on it. Has there been any talk of removing any of the DSA members who were pro Hamas from their committees? Not that I know of. I mean, uh, you saw my tweet, I guess yesterday uh, where I tweeted out about uh, the hypocrisy of this whole thing. Here's a council member who served tried and true, myself, on the mental health committee and was removed from the health, mental health committee for the reasons you stated. Yep. Nothing against drag queens. I always have to paraphrase that, okay? <laughs> I mean, I knew what drag queens were when I was a kid growing up. Because yeah, th- there's, a, there's a place food. for drag queens, and it, they belong, yeah, you know, in the exactly. West Village. They, they don't belong in schools. They don't belong in schools, right? That's right. So, so what happened is a slight difference of opinion, and I was labeled as a hater. I was labeled, and these people don't even know me. So don't go sticking any labels on me that you don't even know. So this, that's the first thing. So now we got the likes of, I don't think I'm allowed to call them out by name mm-hmm. without getting, they'll probably throw the book at me at City Hall. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's several of them that have made themselves very loud, very clear on Twitter. And uh, they are chair 
uh, people of certain committees. Uh, I want to see their resignation, yeah. or I want to see them thrown off. How dare anybody at this at this juncture in our history against the Jews to not be thrown off a committee? Yeah. It's okay to hate from the pit of your stomach. That's disgusting, Andrew. It's, it's amazing. Disgusting. Uh, Well said. Hey, what's going on? What's the latest with the migrant shelters uh, in Bayside, in Whitestone, in in Flushing, in Queens? What's the latest? Well, for me, you know, in District 19, I have, uh, you know, I've been going crazy over St. Agnes, which was bought uh, by the SCA uh, last year. It's going to be my first new high school in decades, like I've said a thousand times. But the very good news is, the contract that we signed, uh, not me, the city signed, uh, was for 90 days. 90 days is up on October the 31st. Okay. On October the 31st, I walked through with the commissioner, Zach Isall. Uh, I've been in constant contact with the mayor's office. The location for this uh, respite center was inappropriate at its best, not that it's appropriate anywhere, but this is this was best. So what we're doing, to, we work together, Andrew. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, as of Friday, when I was in conversation with them, it looks as though, and I put out a video saying very optimistically that it looks like we may see, very optimistic, uh, them staying to the contract, and by October 31st, the respite center can be closed on October 31st, and these people will be moved elsewhere. Okay. Where where they will go, I do not know, uh, but it is what it is. My my goal, my 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 goal was to make sure that the little town of College Point, uh, this was not the place for them. And please, please stick to the stick to the contract. Yeah. Which was for 90 days. So I will say, Andrew, yeah. uh, through a lot, a lot of communication, as well as my chief of staff and myself parking our car and just sitting there and watching the comings and goings, right. working together with the 109 mm-hmm. uh, since this all began. Uh, I believe uh, today's Wednesday. It was eight weeks ago today yeah. uh, that I got the word that they were coming to College Point. And uh, I haven't stopped since. So fingers crossed that uh, whatever happens coming over the border uh, will not no longer come to, uh, you know, we're finished. Right. And they close it out. And it goes back to being the high school that it was meant to be from the very beginning. Yeah. So. Well, you say October 31st. We'll be checking in with you on All Saints Day then. But speaking of that, I believe at that point you'll actually have some early voting at that point. Does an early voting start on October 28th and Election Day is November 7th? Tell me a little bit about how that's going. I know it's going to be a competitive race here for District 19, Councilwoman Palladino. Yes. Uh, Well, I'd like to say it's going very, very well. Uh, You know, I've done so much, Andrew, as you know, as so many people know. uh, My office is, if not one of the busiest offices in in the, in the city council, if not the busiest. Uh, I've, I've, I've even shocked myself. You know, I've had a game plan from the start. Mm-hmm. I prioritized things in this district that I know needed attention. And I just went with it as soon as I won. I mean, I started my 
meetings at the end of November uh, of that year and 21. And when I was sworn in in 22, I we just made it a mission. And we, we were a machine that couldn't be stopped. Yeah. We've tackled so many things. My office is phenomenal. And uh, I think the people of District 19, you've got to get out and vote. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Can't I, be complacent. No, 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 please, because a lot of people are saying, Vicky, you got this. Mm-hmm. Vicky, you got this. No worries, Vicky, you got this. Well, you know what? From your mouth to God's ears, I, 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 I think I do. I, I think I'm doing well. But please, complacency, I will lose the race if people get complacent. You cannot stay home and you cannot say, oh, she's got this. I don't need to vote. That is what will, that, that's what could plant me in the ground. So if you want me around, they got to get out and vote. You brought up a good point. Early voting. A lot of people are scared stiff. Yeah, this is this is election season now, whether we, we like it or not, which we certainly don't. But it's election right. season, so we got to make sure you get points on the board starting October 28th. That is correct. October yeah. 28th, we start. And I think for the first time in my life, because I, like you, only believe in one election day, yep. goes, it goes against my grain. But you know what? Uh, it's what has to be done. I put because, it. I yeah. put it this way: if you don't start trying to score points into the fourth quarter of a football game, then it's not going to work out too well. Just look at the Giants' season; it hasn't worked out too well for them. Oh, but the, the, the Jets surprised us on Sunday. <laughs> That's true. That's Councilwoman funny. Vicky Palladino, where can people find your website? Okay, what you do is you go to Vicky V I C K I E S O R. NYC.com. Vicky for NYC.com. Vicky for NYC. And four is an F O R, okay? And Vicky's with an I E. And that's where you go. Thank you very much, Councilwoman Paladino. I call. She's She is New York's Councilwoman because she represents all of us. Myself, I don't live in her district, but I feel like she represents me. She's the most dynamic elected official in the city of New York. We'll be right back with the mayor's final thoughts. I'll be giving them today. It's not the mayor. But uh, I know the guy pretty well, so come on back. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. So as always, the mayor's final thoughts are sponsored by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Donate $11 a month at T2T. That's Tunnel to Towers, T, the number 2T.org. So... My final thoughts today, Andrew Giuliani's final thoughts today, are about Black Lives Matter, specifically Black Lives Matter Chicago. So if you haven't seen Black Lives Matter's statement on this, it's a very short statement. It says, we support Palestine, but it's the imaging that they end up presenting the world that is so absurd to me. They end up having a paraglider, this is on their social media sites, uh, going in with a Palestinian flag. Now, you think about this. These paragliders that came in from Gaza to southern Israel just on Saturday, they came in not to not for a military exercise to go and engage with the Israeli military. They came in to decapitate children, children to burn women at the stake, burn them alive, and to capture and bring over children, women, civilians back to Gaza. So I want all those companies that donated to Black Lives Matter. I'm talking to you, Amazon. 
Microsoft, Etsy, DoorDash, Airbnb. I want you guys to denounce this. I want you guys to say that you're not making any more donations to an anti-Semitic organization like Black Lives Matter. Now, how about the National Football League, by the way? Because the National Football League has supported Black Lives Matter. They have put out their statements in support. Roger Goodell has said, we, the NFL, believe that Black Lives Matter. That is a quote. I want them in the back of the end zones this week where it says end racism in all of the stadiums around the country. I wanted to say end anti-Semitism or we stand with Israel. Enough of this BS that they keep doing. That's stuff that they got from Black Lives Matter, an anti-Semitic organization. So I expect you, Roger Goodell, I expect you, the National Football League, this weekend to step up and have the guts to put in the back of the end zones end anti-Semitism. Stand with Israel. I want to see some Israeli flags out there. Enough of this BS. Can't stand it anymore. Okay, we got about 90 seconds. I do want to get to a couple calls because the boards are filled over here. Let's go to Judith in line two, who's pissed over Andrea Mitchell. Well, I'm pissed too, Judith, as you can tell. Go ahead. Yeah, I am pissed. I'm calling about that. NAOC, what a moron. First of all, Andrea Andrea Mitchell, she should be fired. How dare she talk to a a mother where her children have been taken away from her? She doesn't know if she'll ever see them again, let alone be alive. She, this Andrea Mitchell, when I heard when what you played, I didn't hear that. And when I heard it, mm-hmm. I said, I cannot believe this. Yeah. Uh, I, it's something to be done about her. But also, AOC, what a moron. What an ignorant anti-Israel. Listen to me, Andrew. There is no Israeli occupation since 2005. Yeah. That's 18 years. They left. That's totally. exactly there, right. It, and and guess and what? You know of, course they're, of course they're monitoring the air around it. Of course they're monitoring. You're talking about people in Hamas that literally are talking about eliminating Jews off the face of the earth. You would be negligent if you did not monitor it. So you're absolutely right, Judith. Let's get to line two and Tim. Tim, you got 10 seconds. Sorry, it's just quick. Go ahead. Okay, uh, shifting gears a bit, uh, you know, you really had to watch out for the rise of a police state here in the United States. They're targeting people, the Justice Department, FBI, local police. They're targeting people for your political Tim, police. Tim, you got 10 seconds left, so i got to cut you off there. Look, I couldn't agree with you more. I've seen it myself personally with what's going on. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. I'm honored to step in for America's mayor. We'll see you guys tomorrow.